0: In a world where 80% of the population has a superpower, also known as a quirk, Izuku Midoriya dreams of becoming the world's number one hero, despite being born quirkless. His life is forever changed, however, when he meets the current number one hero, All Might, who takes him on as his successor. Today we dive into Kohei Horikoshi's superhero series, My Hero Academia. I'm Brandon Kessily, and this is Blurred Nation. everybody, this is Brandon Kessily, and I am here with my boy Chris Walker. Hey, hey, hey. And welcome to Blurred Craft Nation, episode one, plus ultra. Woo! Finally, we got the other two guys out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, we're here today to talk about My Hair Academia. Chris and I are the only ones on the show right now who actually watch it, so we decided Which to Which is a this damn a
1: shame, on. because it's yes. an international
0: bop. Yes, yes it is. But we're going to give this one a shot yeah chris what are your thoughts on my hair Academia overall you did just say it's international bop it's an I international
1: thought- bop i don't know if there's a better description of a show that really has grown its audience exponentially fast i think i stumbled upon it on hulu and i didn't even realize that it was as popular as it was it's maybe the top anime i've seen in a while and to note me and brandon are mostly caught up on the anime i don't read the manga i going to guess that brandon you don't read the manga as well
0: i don't read the manga i want to preserve the surprise whenever something happens on a show Same. on this show i tried that out with naruto and with one piece and bleach and like read the manga and then when it, when something happened in the anime it's like oh yeah i already know what's going to happen so i just wanted to yeah. preserve that level of surprise and anticipation
1: i will say though for naruto i found it a lot more fun to read the manga than watch the tv show
0: That is also very true.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that's your experience also, but I've heard around from multiple people the same thing.
0: Yeah. And that's actually kind of one of the things that I like about My Hero. And I think it's something that they're trying to do more with some of the more recent anime. I mean, I've noticed it with My Hero and I've noticed it with Attack on Titan. Oh. Where long running manga and anime series, when they have a certain level of popularity, they kind of crank out episodes, even if they're deviating from the manga. So like you saw it with Naruto, Bleach, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, like one of the huge things where they do all this filler content that never happened in the manga, but they need to keep the show going because they weren't doing seasons like they do in America and other parts of the world. That's true. So they just kept cranking out an episode because they're just like, we need to put out an episode even if content. there's nothing. Yeah, exactly. Content is king, right?
1: The snake's gonna eat its own tail at some point, so why not start it
0: early? <laughs> That's a fair point, yeah. but it does also kind of oversaturate the show in like the manga in and of itself is already long running so having something that's you know making it even longer and like stuff that's not related to the direct story it might be entertaining sometimes some of the filler arcs can be more entertaining than the actual plot because they're written by different people but they don't really contribute to the characters overall growth and half the time they're not really referenced again so it's really inconsequential
1: that's true a lot of the Dragon ball z arcs filler arcs are actually really pointless at the end of the day They're just there to keep the machine going. Yeah. As opposed to My Hero Academia, which has been consistently staying on point with where the manga has been taking it.
0: Yeah, they tend to have this discipline where they carve out which story arcs they want to do and then they just do the episodes for that, and that comprises the season. But and like then they pause and then they let it go. Like they didn't do it with Fullmetal Alchemist before, and that's why they ended up having to make Brotherhood. The original Full Metal Alchemist, it deviated like the midway point from the actual manga, and the manga was nowhere that's near right. complete. Yeah, it was a monthly series. So that yeah. way, like, so they're, they're trying to make an anime that comes out week by week. It's a monthly manga. Like they're gonna catch up yeah, hella quick.
1: That's true. I think the thing that helps My Hero Academia is the fact that this show is relatively young to when they actually started putting it out. It started in 2014. It was serialized in Sean Jump Weekly. And then, effectively, they started the show in 2016.
0: That's true. I think the big thing for them was, like, the seasons. Because once they have seasons and they have a stopping point, and they're not just trying to crank out episodes, one, it builds anticipation. But two, it actually maintains the quality of the series. That's actually a good
1: point. I wouldn't have thought about it like that. Because, like, this show has been able to keep an anticipation about itself. It keeps people excited and involved because you don't really know where it's going if you're not reading the manga. But even then, I would bet anything the manga has got, like, a bunch of just crazy ideas that just bounce out all over the place. To go back to your original question, what my impression of it was, I think I described it to you directly as Naruto meets X-Men, but not X-Men, like, the cartoons in the traditional sense, but more or less... I would say that it's X-Men House of M are focused on, like, the schools that they had going on there. Because there was an arc involving, like, the younger X-Men characters and how they were split up into two different camps of people that would be peacekeepers and agents of, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. in training, in a way. But more to the point, it fits more into that narrative arc. And it's, like, 80% of the world has quirks. has some sort of superpower So what's that going to look like? Is it going to be, everybody's going to be more conscious of one another and like becoming a hero becomes a serialized job, like a serious job that you get training for and things like that. I can't imagine that happening in like Marvel comics where they go and they do like Avenger schools. I know it's happened, but I can't imagine it being like as big on the same scale as My Hero Academia is projecting out.
0: I think that's a really good way of putting it in a lot of ways. It kind of reminds me partially of Young Justice, but also partially the way that they've handled things in like One Punch Man and the boys, especially with the boys. But like the boys is more of a cynical take. Where My hair Academia really focuses on how much superheroes would affect the real world if they were real in terms of the usefulness of their abilities, whether or not people end up using their powers for fame and celebrity, whether they just have common jobs as opposed to actually having to be a superhero. Because like you said, majority of the people in this world have superpowers, but not every one of them is a hero. What differentiates those people? It's not just having a super powerful ability, right? It's also the character, and that's something that's very much a a main theme of the series, where it's not just having the powers, it's how you use it.
1: I mean, there's literally a character in this show whose power is that it shoots a laser from its belly button. Yeah. There's another person that's just invisible. Like, Mm -hmm. those don't seem like superhero powers, but in some capacity, they are.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I think that this show realistically does what anybody would naturally do, We treat celebrities as a society as, like, not really better than us, but also as entertainers. And I think the show does that very blatantly with these characters who are fighting to protect people and be national
0: symbols. Yeah.
1: And, like, I think that they do it very knowingly. Absolutely. You can't put forth that agenda and not acknowledge it at all. And, like, that's the entire, like, joke. All Might's first arc, he's just like, yeah. I don't I don't want to, like, die. But, like, I'm also the national symbol. Like, I am the symbol of hope. That is my job. And that acknowledgement is very, very self-aware that that's, like, onus that we put on people in society and in terms of celebrity. That we put this, like, you are the symbol of this. You are a light in the darkness.
0: Even on the level of athleticism, like, the way they have, like, high school, AAU, and then college and stuff like that is the same way. Oh, yeah. If you look, for example, the sports festival art that they have, where it's literally broadcast, if not nationally, then internationally. And so everyone is watching this sports festival from this one high school, but it's just the the biggest superior high school in the world. And so it's just yeah. like it becomes this huge sensational deal that's like on TV and everyone's watching it. The villains are watching it, the heroes are watching it. People are watching oh, it yeah. and then they're gonna try to speculate and you know give their internships and stuff based on how people do in those festivals. And like how well do they manage crises, how well does someone rally people together, how well do they use their abilities? But yeah, it comes back to that discussion from earlier about not just someone yeah. having abilities Whoa. but also having character. Right
1: yeah yeah that's a big thing which yeah. the, sh- the show deals with it's like you have these abilities but do you have the character to be honorable in these times and like even the villains blatantly are like we don't like the heroes because they aren't acting with as much honor they're just celebrities like that's yeah. a big point of the stain arc he's yeah. just like i'm doing this because i don't like these heroes these heroes should not represent all of us they're
0: awful let's talk about the stain arc for a bit actually the catalyst for the stain arc is like you said he doesn't really like these heroes and the celebrity of it all but It's interesting how he treats them and when he meets someone like Deku versus someone else. Stain respects the hell out of All Might and he says that All Might has this heroic character. And when he sees Deku and he picks apart his brain, he's like, Deku has a real character he needs to be protected. But then when he sees someone like Ida, and he sees other folks, they're just like, why are you a hero? And they don't give him the answer he likes. He kills them or he tries to kill them. He's like this weird ass extremist serial killer. Literally called Hero Killer's Are you
1: worthy? Are you worthy of this? Or are you just a pretender? And it's like, there are serial killers who used to like go around and kill people if they weren't real Christians. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think he's kind of modeled after that. That
0: Yeah. I think so, too. That's a very good Yeah,
1: I can't think of any off the top of my head, but, like, it feels like he's modeled a little bit after the Halloween movies. The Michael character, because Michael wouldn't kill virgins, but he Uh, would kill any of the kids that were having sex because they weren't acting in a virtuous way. Yeah. I don't think that this is the accurate through line, but this is a through line in and of itself, because the heroes that he does kill... They're not giving him a real answer. They're just like, oh, I'm a hero because it's a family business. Sorry, wrong
0: answer. You die now. Yeah, it's kind of like that in like Saw almost but yeah like like not solved in the sense that he rigs up this crazy ass device to make them go through their worst sin just that like oh yeah if he doesn't like what you're doing you're going to feel it exactly the scene arc well one it is one of the most important arcs in the series thus far and probably will remain that way because it just had so many repercussions throughout the remaining arcs and everything that's happened in the series so far but yeah it's also one of my favorites it's my number two out of my top three Which is probably funny given its importance and, you know, just how much it takes for the characters to really come together and take him down. It takes Deku, Ida, and Todoroki. And even then, they just barely take him down. I think that
1: this is also maybe the most important arc that we've had so far. Because Deku chooses his hero name to be Deku in this arc. It goes in and puts like a seismic shift into everybody's attitudes going forward about how they're going to be as heroes. And, like, some characters come into this resolution a little later. For the most part, like, the major characters start that shift at this point.
0: It becomes a big point in their journey. And, you know, if someone else decides to do something that might be rash or might go against the rules, and then you have someone like Froppy, when you have someone like her later questioning whether or not people should be disregarding the rules, she's like, what differentiates you from the villains? I thought we were heroes because we followed the rules and we had these principles. We maintained and structure and we're trying to protect people and yeah. protect these principles and these values and these virtues. For a Shonen series, very, very deep, well written, well paced, I feel he's not trying to go super out there with the plot and the world building and the world in and of itself i I concur with that i I, yeah
1: yeah. actually really like how it's paced yeah also yeah Yeah. and like the in-between like fights and the in-between big missions yeah like it doesn't feel like anything's really dragging and they they make it so that every episode is worth watching
0: yeah absolutely even like the little fun downtime bits yeah like it's entertaining to watch like you know they're Several episodes where they're not doing really any fighting, but it's still entertaining to watch.
1: Oh, yeah. But I think that's also the fact that you have characters like Minoru, who's just like a little perv. Master Roshi's grandson there. Probably. He, had, he learned it somewhere. He, he learned, learned it so- somewhere. He learned it somewhere. Yeah. But you also have characters like Shoto and you have to, like, you realize the burden of, like, expectation that's on his life. And honestly, like, going into, like, his psyche, it's, like, very interesting because here's this guy who has both quirks of his parents and his father just is pushing him to be him, essentially. And he's like, no, I openly reject this. I want to be a hero. I want to help people. But, like, you are a disgusting being. And then you have Yuga, who's just a guy with a belly button laser, but like he even recognizes his power is pointless, but like to a certain degree, it is not unuseful.
0: Yeah, you did touch on something just now, which is kind of one of the major themes of the series, but about legacy, About legacy, yeah. where like Todoroki's father is the number two hero in the world and Deku's mentor and the one who passes on his power to him is All Might. Who is the number one hero and basically the superman of this world and so yeah. like and so like everyone living up trying to live up to those um to those legacies and really trying to but also trying to come into their own and define themselves as a hero and as a person yeah but also
1: surpass them because yes. bakugo, yeah. bakugo blatantly well. is like i'm going to be the best hero around yeah. even though he let's be honest looks like a villain not just his abilities but his attitude and his like very like i don't give a shitness makes you think he's going to become a villain one day yeah he probably won't honestly oh, no. He, like, oh no he
0: won't that was literally a plot because yeah villi- yeah because the, the league of villains literally kidnaps him because they're like oh yeah who do we think could be turned and then we can use him against all my and then they kidnap him and he just looks and at the, just he looks like, at them He he's no. just he's like you idiots i'm not sasuke i'm vegeta <laughs> yeah come
1: on come on i'm just angry he's like i'm I angry but i'm still right gonna thing.
0: be a hero and do the right thing <laughs> yeah come on now
1: i know what the right thing is come on. you guys you guys don't worry i'm not gonna fight you i'm just gonna beat you up
0: yeah, but, it, it, like, he's highly, you know, he's highly competitive, impulsive, angry to the point of, like, you know, threatening violence and stuff like that. And he's not someone who really brings calm to a situation, but he is absolutely... I mean, he's mean, Vegeta absolutely, in a nutshell. Yeah, but he's absolutely dedicated to doing the right thing, to protecting the innocent and people who need protection. He's just not mm-hmm. he's just not an inspirational figure. So, I, the way I see him going, he's probably going to end up the way Endeavor is. And and for those who don't know, Endeavor is Todoroki's father.
1: Oh, man, you know what I just realized? What? If Bakugo? is vegeta that makes deku goku and like i don't know if i'm ready for a world where i have a more self-aware and intelligent goku but i guess that's the one we live in right now you know
0: I wouldn't say that Deku is Goku. I would say that All Might might be Goku. Mm-hmm. All Might might be the smarter Goku. Deku's more of a Gohan in like a Gohan if Gohan actually continued on the trajectory after the Cell saga. Yeah, which like, is honestly yeah.
1: one of the great tragedies of Dragon Ball Z. Yes. Another that we don't see a full-powered like Gohan yeah. ever.
0: But yeah, I-, I see him more as a Gohan cuz like Deku has like the super strength and everything of All Might and you know, for all his purposes most of the time when you have a character that has super strength, they don't really think through things. Deku is at adam- analytical as fuck yeah he is a super analytical character which you don't see with the character that has that kind of ability usually in a lot of other superhero media but this is an anime so you kind of get that you get to have that mixture i mean
1: you're either wolverine or you're cyclops you're either deeply analytical and you can break down and you have leadership qualities or you're killing machine who occasionally goes on berserker rages, but like you get the job done at the end of the day yeah and honestly deku was my favorite character on this show like it goes deku and Turtle Interesting. But yeah, but I really appreciate Deku just because, because of how analytical he is and how focused he can be at times. But also it's like seeing an ultimate fan of something just become that thing. It's like seeing this generation of basketball players play with Kobe R.I.P. and be like in awe of him. Yeah. Like I was listening to the, I was watching a YouTube video. That's what it was. And it was Iman Shumper talking about the first time he guarded Kobe. And he's like, I got to steal out Kobe. I'm going to tell my brother that. Deku seems like that type of person who's like, oh, I get to be around All Might and Endeavor and like he gets to be around all these heroes that he's admired from afar and he's taken notes on and like his classmates he's taken notes on and everything like that and now he gets to ascend to this level of like I'm going to be a hero as well and he's starstruck to a certain degree but like he also snaps into shape very quickly and he's always got like an idea that he's working on and he honestly like he's the main character so like he makes a lot of these arcs and a lot of the arcs are focused around him but to see his struggles and see him fail so often yeah, and just destroy his body and to see him build up and realize you know I've gotten this far what's the next step and then his relationship with All Might is really amazing because it's it's very father son so your analogy of like All Might being Goku and Deku being Gohan works there and like how he goes to All Might is just like hey I can only go up to six percent of my power but like if I do it through my fingers it's worse but if I just go through my legs it's better Gran Turismo is kind of like Piccolo he goes and he does some training with him and he figures out I need to be more focused and my energy levels and everything like that and go straight up through my legs i don't know i think that deku has this opportunity to be a great hero who really affects the world in the same light as all might and all might sees that and he's like this kid just has heart he has heart and he has intelligence let's go and let me give him this power and we'll build him up from there
0: honestly i I agree for all intents and purposes as much as all might is really the anchor of the universe i do agree with you that deku is really the driving force and really what he he does really dictates the plot and really drives forward the narrative. And his progression is really what we're there to witness because we know what the end result is. He's saying that this is the story of how he became the number one hero. Yeah. So, like, we're trying to figure out the journey, right? Oh, yeah. Just like One yeah. Piece. Like, we know what the end result is going to be. We know that Luffy's going to be King of the Pirates. You know, unless they decide to pull the rug out from under us at the end of it. But, like, you're there for the journey.
1: I mean, that would be way more satisfying. True. One Piece podcast, can you just have him on so we can have a conversation with you guys? (laughs) Actually, Brittany, who is your favorite
0: character on this? Glad you asked. So, I have a list here of four characters, right? So, in this order, it is Shoto, Uraraka, Deku, and All Might. I really like Shoto Todoroki. I really like his power set. I like his story. I think I often get drawn to the vibe of a character who feels like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders and like the expectations of their predecessors. I feel like a sense of familiarity with those characters. I always find it interesting, especially for for Todoroki how he handles the balance of power within himself because he has both fire and ice abilities and they seem to have very few limits aside from what they do to his body. So, like He can do a lot with oh, that yeah. and it's very interesting how much He is able to do before he burns out or, you know, frostbites. I don't think they have an official term for it, but like when he is basically spent, he has this crazy amount of power and he's like, what, 15? And it's just like, damn, curious to see how he develops and how people really go against him, because those are two elements that are very, very powerful. And he has them in spades
1: yeah yeah a lot of these characters have quirks where they're like there's adverse effects yeah and Turoki is one of the characters and Tenya uh, the yeah. class representative yeah those two characters are two the only two characters that I can think of that don't have as many adverse effects of their powers on them Jiro also yeah. Jiro whose ability is basically like she has little like uh, a headphone, yeah, headphone cords headphone 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 on, on her cords ears, ears. Yeah. yeah and she can like project out sound or she can just listen and those are the only two characters that I can really think of having less adverse effects of their abilities over time
0: yeah but i don't think i have much else to say on Todoroki i mean the scar looks like Zuko but other than that we all stand for Zuko Zuko was one of my favorite uh fictional characters of all time but like like i said i also like Uraraka i like her power set i like her relationship with Deku she's not someone who's just like having this giant crush and then becoming a damsel in distress and she's not Sakura yeah she's definitely not Sakura i think she could stand to get more focus if she is the quote-unquote female lead if we can say that there is one in this series. I know it is a shonen and they tend to focus on the younger men. But I do like Uraraka as a character. I like her power set. I like her story. She came from very humble beginnings and she's she's very straight up. She's like, Yeah, I'm poor. I want to become a hero and get rich. And it's like yeah. it's she's like very like straight up about that. She's also like getting better at martial arts and because of the way her powers work, she's touch things and then hold her breath in order to control their gravity. And so and she, then she
1: can get nauseous also. Yeah, she
0: can get nauseous. Like, it's really based on how long she can hold her breath, and that's not a very easy thing to do. She doesn't get, like, a boost in how long she can hold her breath. That's something she has to train for. Exactly. So she's been getting a lot better in her close quarters combat. When she did, like, her internship, she, like, learned how to disarm people with knives and guns and all that, and it was just like, very intriguing to watch her fight with bakugo to the point that like bakugo treated her with the utmost respect which i think says a lot about his character as well yeah but like he didn't like try to take it easy on her just because like oh yeah i'm not gonna take it easy on you because you're a girl i'm not gonna look down on you for who you are you're the opponent in front of me and i'm gonna respect you and if you can take me you can take me and if you can't then oh well she gave it her all she came up with some fantastic moves and even though she lost she showed So much heart, so badass. She showed out. Yes. She left it all on the canvas, man. It it was awesome. I was pulling for her to win, but I know that they had to, you know, for the story that that he was going to end up winning. Plus, he had a lot of advantages, but that's a different thing. Deku is my number three. I know he's the main character. I don't always like the main character in any show that I watch. I'm usually drawn to other side characters. Deku is a special case for me where, like you said before, I really kind of identify with the otaku, where he's oh, like, oh my gosh, I'm so Star Trek. All these people that I really, really love. And then, like, all of a sudden he's there. It, it kind of reminds me of, like, going to comic conventions and, like, getting to interview people that I've only read about. It's just like, oh my god, you're here. <laughs> like, I'm 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 in the same room as you, you know, like you said before. What are you doing here? Exactly. It's like, do I really deserve to be here? Yes, you do, Deku. And anyone else who ends up in that position, yes, you do. You're worthy. Yes, Remember Yes, you do. Um, you got into the room for
1: a reason. Yes. Either you paid your ticket or you are a good writer or artist
0: yes and his character progression his powers. that the fact that he was crazy enough to try and continue fighting and try to develop ways to fight while learning how to use this new power that he got from all might because Mm -hmm. it's literally destroying his body if he uses too much of it so he has to like constantly like okay i can only use like maybe one or two percent it's also kind of interesting seeing like when you see all might who is my my fourth favorite character when you see the power that he has and you see deku and you're just like some of the stuff Deku's was doing and it's like he hasn't even reached 30% of his output yet. Yeah. Like, with the exception of the Shie Hassaikai arc with, when he was fighting Overhaul, which I think is the only time because of that special moment that he was able to use 100% and like not kill himself basically. Cuz his body or, like, just bra- kept yeah. repairing itself
1: over time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, because of um the little girl Eri, because of her powers. Yeah. He was able to use 100% and that was f- Fantastic! My boy went ham on that one. <laughs> yeah, That's, and, and that is but my like, fa- that is
1: my favorite arc too. Like so far, that is my favorite arc. That's my favorite battle that I've seen so absolutely, far. Absolutely, absolutely. Because he goes all the way ham, and it's just just getting the ability to have to go full throttle. Yeah, like he just goes off all the way.
0: Yeah, he went Gohan.
1: Yep, he went Gohan. He went Gohan versus Cell.
0: Yep. Yeah, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. One of my other favorite fights. Was probably everyone's favorite fight and one of my favorite superhero moments of that year that it happened. I want to say it was twenty eighteen, but when All Might fought All for One and he did the United States of Smash, that fight's actually my favorite. The Overhaul (sighs) one is my second favorite. That United States of Smash moment was fucking awesome. Yes, and like the fact that he even even showed how much he had learned from training Deku and like the fact that he used one of Deku's ideas to win that fight was very cool to see like the influence that Deku had even on the top hero yeah on his own well mentorio. that's like the
1: thing like Deku is just so well studied in all these heroes he's probably like developed some ideas on how to strategize for them absolutely and how to strategize against them to a certain degree but it's gonna be really impressive to see like where that goes from there for him it always just looks like he has like a lot of wind power but like in actuality he's just using a lot of power focused into different parts of his body yeah yeah I would say it's more that he has a kinetic energy ability. Yeah, I think that's a a good way of putting it. Him and All Might have the hardest to describe power because like all for one, one for all, yes, one for all, just seems like he's got all this energy in his body and he just has to release it. But it just looks like he's just pushing wind at different points. But in actuality, his ability is that he's got all this kinetic energy that just constantly flows through him and he's just got to be able to handle a certain amount of it at any given point. To note, One for All is an ability that's transferred down to him from All Might, but it also takes the abilities from the other users of the Quirk previously, and we haven't seen those yet on the anime, but sooner or later i want to know what the other ones are and i don't think that they're going to be as straightforward as other heroes quirks that's bakugo's quirk which is just like explosions because he's dripping nitroglycerin from his sweat or glands even, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. from his <a> sweat <laughs> glands which Actually, is that's, uh, honestly that's novel that's a novel approach that, to that is this. a very
0: yeah that was a very interesting um workaround to be like yeah how does he just have explosions oh yeah it's a sweat glands what the fuck are you sweating my <laughs> guy
1: Come on, man. Come on.
0: Like, Like,
1: I I could see Deku gaining the quirk to, like, transform into other people or teleport or something like that, or something that just plays uh, more into, like, coming out of nowhere. I don't know what's going to be next, but I'm completely interested in seeing what happens for him going forward. Quirk development-wise, because we already get so much character development on this show as it is. Yeah. Like, no character is the same person that they were when the show originally started, and that's maybe the biggest sticking point of watching this show. A lot of their arcs are basically a lot of character development that you wouldn't normally get in a lot of other shows. Yeah,
0: the fact that even if they have a show that has a main character, they handle an ensemble cast extremely well, like you're saying. In some ways, they're juggling it better than Young Justice does. But, like, yeah. My Here, yeah. Academia well, does it easy. really well.
1: That's true. Lemillion, yeah. M- Lemillion. That, I can
0: never remember. That guy, man yeah great great power set great energy just a fun very fun character very interesting character
1: just very interesting personality also like he just wants to be the best and he wants to be a real hero and like he just is so bubbly and it's not even weird it's just that he's just he's got one of those personalities that some people would think is fake and others would just like recognize oh this is just really who he is yeah yeah he's like chris Traeger on parks and rec yeah he's just And you don't know how this was all working, but it just is. And even then, like, he also, he had the quirk of permutation. He could become intangible, but, like, he has enhanced strength. Like, he's incredibly strong, incredibly fast, and very durable. Yeah. And he's, like, an amazing fighter.
0: Even when he lost his powers, he was still fighting. He was still fighting Overhaul, and Overhaul was just like, "Oh, he's like, oh, this is actually you." Oh
1: shit, okay. Oh shit, oh, I did not see this coming. Yeah, was, I yeah. I thought you guys were all relying on those quirks. No, 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 sir. I train. Yeah. I hit the gym.
0: Togata was a character like you were saying before, like similar to um, Uraraka, who has to hold his breath in order to use his power, which is, which, yeah. is very, which is very interesting to me. Like like they they both have the same issue, where like if he's not holding his breath, he can't use his power. But he's basically Shadow Cat, but a guy i guess yep. like i guess you could say he's like vision or martian manhunter i would say shadow cat though yeah it, like, yeah he's pr- he's probably closer to shadow cat yeah and even then
1: kitty pride is not a useless character in oh it, no shape or form kitty Pry- kitty pride is my favorite x-men like she she saved the world of course she she better be well no there's a lot of <laughs> there's, X-Men there's X-Men a lot of X-Men, but from. yeah she's my favorite though. yeah i love her no but to circle back to what we were saying i think that uh, Lamillion is a character whose arc is just a lot of fun to watch because now he's quirkless and he still wants to be a hero, and he, honestly, with his positive attitude,
0: he'll find a way. Well, not just his positive attitude, his work ethic, he could literally be yeah, he could, he could literally be attitude. the Batman of this series, and you, you would think that Deku would have been Batman, but then Deku got powers. but Lamillion like, exactly. like could probably still become a Batman because he's just like he's got the work ethic, he's got the physique, he's got the mentality, the drive, the, the, the desire to want to be a hero. If he doesn't become a police officer, he could probably he could probably be the one quirkless hero that still goes out there.
1: Actually, I think that Sir Nighteye blatantly thought that All Might was going to choose him to replace him. He did, and he probably did. give he, him And he, court petition for it. That was
0: one of the main yeah. um, issues that they had in their um, their spat. Aside from him, like he's like, hey, you're not invincible. You're going to die at some point. You know, warning him about you know, hey, you shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that. Like, like eventually he was like. I found a successor for you. You should pick them. And then he picks Deku. And he's just like, what the fuck, dude?
1: How are you going to throw me under the bus like this, bro?
0: <laughs> yeah. He was initially very hard on Deku when they first met. Yeah. And then when he tested him, and then he realized that how much control Deku actually had, and how much care he was taking in- And in intelligence. Their fr- yeah, in intelligence. The intelligence, not just the brute force, but the intelligence he had. And he's just like, oh, okay. Never mind. Damn, Nighteye Eye R.P. Nighteye. That dude was cool. That dude was that cool. That dude man.
1: was cool. That dude- Honestly, I wish we got more time with him just yeah. like, Honestly, I would I would pay for a prequel series of this show where it's just like you see All Might and Night Eye just doing wild shit. Like yeah. what were their lives like before? Also, this is something that I realized the other day and I wasn't too sure, but I'm double checking right now. Night eye was yeah. supposed to be six seven.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He could've been could have been the NBA too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Listen, side gigs, he had side hustles. He was a center in the Japanese league. <laughs> you don't
0: know one last question i think have you checked out the vigilante series at all i know i haven't read the, i know i haven't read any of the manga period but have you checked out the vigilante series at all I, I think it's a prequel to I, the show
1: oh wait yes i did know it existed but i've seen a lot of articles about the through lines between that series and the current timeline of my hero right yeah. now i just haven't read it yeah. I, I can't make a better excuse about that
0: have you i have not so like yep. I'm interested in it. Well it at would, least they're consistent. Yeah, honestly. they're very consistent. It would be great if they're thinking of doing a spin off show in the off season and then alternate seasons between them. I think they should do that. Oh I think that, they should I think they should that'd do that. Be the move. I think if they started with like season five uh, of my hero and then they go to vigilante season one and then season six if they alternated it they could do that. That'd awesome. That would be awesome. I don't know nice. if they have the capacity for it, but I mean they probably have the content at least.
1: Yeah. Make the country role memberships worth it, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You talked earlier about one for all, and the fact that it's a quirk that's passed on, which is literally like the very definition of a legacy power <laughs> and a legacy hero. Yeah, how interested would you be in learning more about the previous users of one for all? Because we know all might got it from his mentor. Um, and it's kind of like an Avatar thing, where like
1: that's actually the exact analogy I was gonna yeah, bring forward. Yeah, because because like, like what? the show Avatar, when they would go back and like bring up the past avatars, that was interesting. Yeah. And like to a certain degree, it didn't distract from the plot line, so I'm interested, and I just need it not to distract from the plot line at hand that we have. Yeah, like as long as it adds to it, then I'm good. That's true. So it'd be super interesting to see like who these past users are, and yeah. if they were heroes or villains or not. I would hope, and just yeah. like to see how they got it passed down to them.
0: Yeah, I would hope they were all heroes, because if a villain had that ability, that would be ridiculous. I mean, granted, it would probably still be them using it in a similar fashion to all my but the amount of destruction that they could do that's true but
1: then again tokoyami
0: tokoyami Tokoyami, yeah
1: yes tokoyami he like he looks like he could be a villain he with does. that dark shadow power yeah. but then you're also like well no he has integrity and he's a great hero his ability honestly is very impressive when they fought moonfish he goes off yeah when they're out at that camp
0: yeah when they're on the camp thing yeah yeah any final thoughts on the series
1: honestly it's one of my favorite tv shows right now and i always feel bad when i miss episodes but i like to watch tv in bulk so i know what i'm doing tonight because i'm behind (laughs) a couple episodes but i look forward to every episode and it's a lot of fun and i hope that we keep getting a lot of deku plus ultra
0: my final thoughts on this series not very drastic it is very blatantly the only anime that i am consistently watching recently watched castlevania it is pretty lit, but it's also very dark.
1: I watched two episodes, and I was like, I can see why people like this.
0: Yeah. If if you like the Underworld movies, then you'll enjoy it. And if you like Helsing and stuff like that, you'll appreciate Castlevania as, yeah. a, as a series. My Hero Academia is one of probably the most fun series that I've gotten into in a while. It's something that I think is very well produced, where well written. Characters are engaging. And you can really pick any character and and like them, in, you know. They might not always get the amount of screen time that you would like, but you can always see them progress. And you learn new things about them that are really fun. You know, you learn about certain characters, like they have musical ability. Like we talked about Jiro before. Or you yeah. know, or, or Bakugo, learning how to play the fucking drums.
1: <laughs> well, his parents are like, are rockers, aren't they? They're supposed to be musicians. I remember there's an episode where All Might goes to his house. Yeah. And I, like talks yeah. with his parents. I think it's the episode where they're like trying to tell people... Hey, we're moving the school to dorms because you know your superpowered kids are kind of in danger out in the open. Yeah, because they keep fighting villains, and like we can't stop that. But you know what? We
0: can try and protect you. Yeah, yeah. No, that that makes sense. But yeah, but you know, one of my favorite series, probably is a top ten for me. I wouldn't say top five anime, but top ten anime for me. It may end up top ten, top five by the end of its run. Oh yeah, but. Yeah, this is one of my favorite series, and I'm very excited to see how things go. I'm very excited to see how, how this season ends, and really hope that they do the Vigilantes as a as a spinoff anime, but keep the season format where they're not trying to just put out content, because I think it really works, and it just maintains the quality of the series.
1: I think that this show very much is very balanced, and it has a direction that it really wants to go to, and I think it has yeah. an endgame in yeah. mind. And I'm very invested in seeing what that endgame is because I have a couple of ideas where it's just like we're going to get a final season of them as heroes out in the field and, like, having to deal with Stain again. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm invested enough to find out. That's a really nice feeling with a television show. Yeah. Like, I don't have that feeling with, like, the Arrowverse show. Like, Flash doesn't do it for me, but this show does. It's, like, it's very nice to have a superhero show that makes you invest in it.
0: Yeah, the last time I got that was Young Justice. I like the boys, and I like you know Watchmen and One Punch Man and the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, uh, the X Men yeah. show, and all that. But like, it's hard to really have a, a series where you're really invested in just the overall where everything's going. You're usually invested in certain characters. I
1: think it's like the el- idea of serialized arcs. Yeah, and they're well so willing to shift out villains throughout the entire season because the arcs are shifting
0: yeah any hot takes today hot take city you
1: know what i have one hot take and it's based off the article that i wrote the other day okay and it's something that i mentioned in the article about the x-men and about how dawn of x is this great resurgence of the x-men and i mentioned towards the end that i think that there's going to be a arc and something that that is clearly like on the agenda is possibly Like another X Men versus Avengers, and I think that that would be a terrible idea. I think so too. There's a Teen Cable series coming out soon. Actually, that's another part of my hot take. I think that Teen Cable is maybe the best version of Cable that we have so far. But I feel bad that we don't get to see Cable full fledged with all his powers. I feel like that's a waste of comic book. Yeah. But I think that X Men versus Avengers Part Two would be a waste, not because it wouldn't be interesting, but I think that the issue inherently is is that we've already done that so many times in so many different ways. Like you have to get very novel with your approach. Yeah. Like you guys got you gotta get really novel with it. If it's a novel approach and like they go for it, then it works. I don't know. I think it's gonna be very interesting.
0: Okay. I think it's gonna pop. (laughs) Well yeah, for me it's not much of a surprise, but Clone Wars is back, and the Bad Batch, the, and the Bad Batch just proved one how much Star Wars really needed this series to finish its run. And also just to remind people that the prequel era had a lot of good stories, even if the movies themselves weren't all that great. The prequel era gave Star Wars basically the meat of its lore. The Clone Wars that's really true. the Clone Wars really shows that. And having this project that George Lucas created and put Dave Filoni in charge of, having it come back to finish out its run really vindicates George Lucas in the light of all the stuff that's happened with the sequel trilogy and the Disney era of Star Wars. That's actually a fair point. That's it. That's my hot take.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, the prequel movies are trash. Yeah. Honestly. But, like, the prequel TV show, which basically is just Clone Wars, honestly, is Rebels right before the original? Yeah. Rebels is
0: right before Rogue One. Yeah. Oh. Oh, wow. Because it starts five years out. True. It starts five years out. I would
1: like to note, I do not count Rogue One as a prequel movie in the same sense as I do episodes one through three, because Jar Jar Banks. But, um, Yeah. As useful as Jar Jar Binks is in Clone Wars at times, which is just the redemption of a bad idea, it's still yeah. Jar Jar Binks.
0: Yeah. All right, Chris. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the for this episode. It's great to finally be able to talk about My Hero. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about it again.
1: Oh, yeah. We're going to sneak it in into a couple of different episodes here, <laughs>
0: Probably. All right. Thanks again, Chris. All right. For sure, man. And you can find me at
1: CWLKR20 on Twitter and Instagram. And Brandon, where can the people find you, my
0: man? On Twitter, you can find me at B-C-K-E-S-S-O and on Instagram at L-D-Chocolate. All right. And from us, Excelsior. Excelsior. Plus Ultra. Plus Ultra. Go Beyond.
1: From the Blurred Craft Nation. Have a good night, y'all. Deuces. Deuces. Hey everyone, this is Chris with this episode's Fact Check. Bakugo's parents aren't actually musicians, although he is trained in drumming, so that's bound to be useful with his abilities, actually. In terms of code names, Bakugo doesn't technically have one. He is called Kachan. Shoto is Shoto. Ida is Tenya. Minoru is Grape Juice. Always quality with the show. Jiro is Earphone Jack. Yuga is Can't Stop Twinkling, Suyu is Froppy, Tokuyami is Sukuyomi, Jet Black Hero, and Yuraka is Yuravity. Thanks for listening.
0: And that's our show. NerdCraft Nation is a partner of the Pub Square and is hosted by Austin Hall, Jose Lopez, Brandon Kessily, and Chris Walker. Our theme music was composed by Daniel Ferris. If you would like to keep up with the show, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nerdcraft Nation, like us on Facebook, or subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Be sure to leave a review if you can. If you would like to send us a voice message, please check our show notes for a link to our voicemail inbox.